Hi friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. Well, welcome to Girlfriend It. This is Patty Wyatt. I will be your host today. And Girlfriend It is all about finding your purpose, discovering your divine design, and also figuring this all out together, uh, being in it with each other. And being in it with us today, we have Brenda Yoder, a national speaker. She's an author, licensed mental health counselor, as well as a life coach. And she's here to share that perhaps life doesn't always fit into the storybook image of your perfect purpose. And uh, that that was fun. That kind of took a nasty turn, but we'll have fun with it. And welcome, Brenda. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, do you think this is, I'm just going to throw it right in. Well, I've, I've, actually, Brenda, we were having a great conversation before we went in talking about you're from Shipshawana, Indiana, and, you know, where we have a heavy on the Amish and Mennonite, uh, you know, just a completely different lifestyle and a different world out there. So I will, I will just throw it out out there. Do you, do you drink coffee and what are you drinking now this morning? <laughs> I guess oh. it's noon your time. Yeah, I'm drinking coffee and currently I just have water, but I have um, some diet pop that is sitting in the refrigerator ready for me as soon as I'm done with the radio show. <laughs> All right. It always says a lot about someone when you know what beverage they have in front of them, right? Well, you have written, um, is it written or wrote? You have wrote a book or you've written a book um, talking about life beyond the picket fence and I, I actually think we're facing like a psychological epidemic where people think life should be perfect at all times. And if there's some messiness in your life, then, uh, you know, it's like we can't face that fact of it's okay to not be okay. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so actually, um, I haven't written a book per se about that. It, it actually is the, um, the name of my blog that evolved um, about 12 years ago in 2010, um, I started writing in the sphere of, of um, the internet because my life was exactly what just what you said it was. Um, I had lived the Christian formula, kind of done the right things, um, and life was not turning out the way it was supposed to. And I, as a Christian, really felt judged, and I felt like I was a failure if anyone knew what was really going on inside of my personal life. Mm. And so I started writing just, I titled it Life Beyond the Picket Fence, um, wondering if there was anyone else out there who had kind of done the Christian formula, but life was not what you thought it would be. And my experience has been is that that concept really resonated with people. So um, I've just kind of organically grown a platform on life, faith, and family beyond the storybook image. And, um, I, I think that wherever you go, people feel seen and known if we share our stories of, Hey, I did the right things, but these things still happened, whether it's divorce or, um, 
things outside of their control or for myself, it was my own sin that I had to realize I needed to grab a hold of um, because we have, we have to take care of all of the internal things because it does affect our life externally. Mm-hmm. When you say um, you followed the Christian formula, what do you, what do you mean by that? What formula were you following and where did you realize, oh, wow, like I'm following this and this is not the image that I'm portraying here. Um, what, what took place? Sure. So um, I had been a Christian all my life. Um, I was a stay at home mom for 11 years and um, was a Bible teacher. I mean, I loved God. I, I spent time in his word every day. I had a um, a Christian marriage, married to a wonderful Christian man. We are raising our family of four kids. And um, I was really struggling with anger that um, came out as a reactionary parent. And I went from being a stay-at-home mom to being a full-time teacher. Um, that's what my degree was in. And um, I had every, everything was running smoothly. I was in the classroom every day teaching high schoolers. Um, I was an award-winning teacher. Things look really perfect on the outside. We were in church every Sunday. Um, we were active as church leaders, but I really struggled with anger when I came home at the end of the day with my kids. And it was something that wasn't just like occasional. It started becoming chronic um, to the point that I realized that um, I did not know how to manage my own reactions after kind of holding it together all day long. Um, and you know, just under a lot of stress, trying to be perfect, trying to be the perfect parent, trying to raise kids in according to the, the, um, you know, the Christian formula. And I think that was part of my struggle was, um, I read a lot of parenting books. We even taught parenting classes in our church several times. Um, and I did the right things. And yet, Um, I still was very reactionary. I was having a lot of conflict with uh, my teenagers at the time. And um, there didn't seem to be a lot of help or any resources for for my stage of life or for my experience as a woman who was struggling. Like, I truly wanted to please God. I truly wanted to do the right thing. And yet, um, there just wasn't a place to say, I really struggle with anger. Can you help me? Yeah. And the, the struggling with anger, do you feel like, I mean, that's one of the steps, right. in trying to get out of the mess is, you know, don't get lost in those distractions and fantasies of what we feel like our life should be those expectations of where we should be by now. And uh, I, I think you nailed it with, especially when you're dealing with teenagers and you're going, okay, God, I did all these things. Like I lined it up. I followed the rules. I followed the formula. And now, uh, it's, it's still so messy and we don't, I think we are talking about it more now. So we're talking Mm -hmm. about it, but it's not really being communicated because you see on social media, you know, everybody's highlights. And so you can go, I'm, I'm still doing it wrong. Uh, so how did you finally get to that point where you go, all right, anger management here, God, I need to figure out 
how how to basically balance my 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 anger here and figure out that life is messy and I have to clean this up. Yeah, I think I realized that because um because I think just God brought me to that threshold where I realized something had to change and and my anger was coming from stress. It was coming from um a too busy life. Um it was coming from all of these expectations and then no safe spaces to be able to say, I'm really struggling. In fact, um, over the course of maybe two or three years, I tried to, um, I tried to do that in a couple of settings within the Christian community and walked away saying, Oh, I'm never going to say that again because you felt judged. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, someone may say, well, why didn't you go to counseling? Well, because, um, I just had no margin in my life. You know, I was a full-time teacher. We were raising poor kids. My husband was a teacher. We had a dairy farm also on top of that. And, um, it was, it was just a realization of, um, something has to change. I'm the only person who I can control. So I have to change. And in looking at what he needs to change, it was my stress level. And, um, I, you know, for anyone who's in education, um, I was teaching 180 kids, 180 high schoolers at the time. And I realized that I just could not keep up at that pace, plus be emotionally present for my own family. Um, and so I needed a change. And so I actually left the teaching profession. Um, that was my decision. My decision was I need a job that either is full-time and flexible or part-time that gives me more margin in my own mental, emotional, um, space. And I ended up going back to grad school, um, for counseling, which maybe sounds like an oxymoron because I probably needed counseling at the time, but, um, <laughs> but, um, I am a people helper. That's always been my skill set. Um, getting a master's in counseling was always something that was kind of in the future for me to do. Um, but I just knew that I needed a reset and I needed a different schedule. I just needed a different schedule. And so I enrolled in a three-year program, a dual degree program of school counseling and licensed mental health counseling. And immediately there was, it was like um, God's spirit just really moved into our family um, because the stress load that I was carrying. Um, Again, along with those expectations, and I think that's when I want to bring it back to was um, I honestly felt more comfortable and accepted among non-Christians that I worked with and the families that I served in a public school who were non-Christians because their lives were messy. My life was messy. And somehow I felt I could be more honest and real and authentic around non-Christians than I could with Christians because non-Christians were pretty open and honest if they were with whatever their life was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there didn't seem to be an element of judgment. And yet, in my own experience, um, especially as a leader in the community, um, you know, as a leader, you don't say, Hey, I'm struggling. Um, there's so much, um, baggage that goes along with that. And what I found is that as I have shared my own struggle with anger with people and the hard decisions that it took in saying, I have to take care of this. The only thing I can control is myself. Um, switching professions is the one thing I can do. Um, that's the next step. That was the next right step for me. But I've heard other people say, Brenda, when you share about your struggles, that gives me permission to know I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And and that's a huge tip is actually claiming what the problem is. Like for you, you're able to go, okay, I'm having some anger issues. Why am I having these issues? And I'm feeling the stress. I'm not making this emotional space for myself because a lot of people would go, you can't go into back to school for counseling when you can't even figure this out <laughs> right now. So I think the big tip there is um, write those things down where you are out of control. So not only can you, you know, give them over to God, which we say that and it sounds so trite, you know, it's like, okay, surrender that to Jesus. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but, but how, what, like what part, you know, it's, it's also on you to take the action steps because God gave us a brain. And with that, I like what you said, because you, you then decided to go back and get your master's and often, you know, problems are a constant, they're just constant in human life. So once we, we deal with a problem, we also create new problems. So now you've had to solve this one issue and now you're adding on more work. You know, it's like, oh, I need to get healthy. And with that problem, then I have to go and I have to spend money and buy a gym membership. I have to figure out when I can go work out, when I'm going to get all sweaty and still have to have time to you know, do my makeup, dry my hair, all, you know, we, we have one problem that goes into another. Um, so being able to exchange those, those problems to go, what's going to be the best deliverable or the best outcome. And at what point when you did this exchange of your problems, did you realize, okay, this was really helping me? Yeah, I think when I realized that it was more about those stress and expectations and wounds in my own life, you know, wounds that really had nothing to do with my family, uh, really wounds that really didn't have anything to do with um, teaching school. Um, but again, the stress of the expectations that we put upon ourselves. And I think for most of us, as we go through our 20s and 30s, we... Um, we carry with us a lot of wounds that we have that maybe we don't, you know, necessarily acknowledge or deal with. And we kind of get really busy and we just kind of do life. And what I find is that for most people, sometime in their 40s or early 50s, um, we kind of get to um, a point of, wow, there's a lot of things that maybe I've just kind of brushed over that in order for me to really be healthy and thrive, I really need to look at and figure out how to heal from them, um, what they are, how to heal from them. You know, for me, anger was that outward, that was the, was the behavior, but there were, there were wounds underneath that, that I, um, that I needed the time and the energy to, and the space to be able to heal from. And that happened while I was in graduate school because my schedule changed. I actually had, I had, um, while I, I went to school th three days a week for three years, plus did a thousand hour internship on top of that. Um, driving to two hours just to go to the, um, the college that I went to, um, I had time at home where I could just be, you know, on the days that I wasn't um, at school, I, I was at home. I, I could be up with my kids without there, there being an element of stress. I had time to figure out it was a time of reflection. And even though, um, I was going back to grad school and people were like, man, you did that while you were, um, raising four kids, 
no teenagers to preschoolers. That sounds exhausting. Well, it wasn't. It was actually invigorating because it was a time of self-reflection. So I think for anyone, I, I talk with a lot of people about seasons. Like part of it is just knowing your season of life and what works for one season doesn't work for another season. But I also had the time and the space. And because I was in a program for mental health, um, of course, we, we did a lot of work in our, on our own issues, too. So it was kind of a, a dual. I, it worked as a benefit for me in both ways. But um, I think for anyone, I think acknowledging whatever the outward problem is um, and then getting to the root of it, that's really the bottom line. And those, you know, the, the triggers for us can change. Just like you said, you can exchange one trigger for another and the behavior that results from that may look different. And if we don't get to the root issues underneath it, um, those wounds that need to be healed, um, then we're just going to be in a continual search for the one thing that's going to make us be happy. And we're always going to be searching and we're never going to be satisfied. Okay, I, I have to back you up, Brenda, because you said the college that I chose to go to, which you went to a very elite, like prestigious, you went to Purdue to get your master's. No, and, no, no, no. I went to Purdue for my undergrad. Oh, for your undergrad. I was yeah. like, you just kind of slid over that. And I was like, okay, I saw that you went to Purdue. My my son just graduated, so I have to throw a shout out to him. Uh, Purdue was not just an easy college to go to, so I had to uh, share that as well. So um, even so, going in and and getting your master's at a time when you saw your life as being really messy, uh, hats off to you. That's that's amazing. And I I want to go back to what you said, like getting to the the root of it. You what I'm hearing you say is you weren't able to necessarily get to the root of it until you gave yourself that emotional space. So you never went to a counselor, but yet going through school, you were able to unpack and reflect and get to the root of the of this issue that you had, which was creating the anger. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that's really critical for anyone. I think for for anyone, if we just do life and we don't we don't acknowledge what is not healthy in our life. Um, and again, for me, it was my own issue. Now for other people who may be married and their, their marriage falls apart uh, or they've been abused as, as a child or a young adult, or even an adult, um, whatever, whatever the part of our story is, that is the struggle, um, that is what is where the wound comes from. We have, we all still have responsibility in that. We all still have choice. And um, for me, I had to have self-control over my emotions that were, were really affecting myself and my family. Mm-hmm. For, not, for, for someone else, if um, something happens to them, such as, you know, being in a very unhealthy marriage um, or having abuse that happens to them. Um, being unfairly treated in the workplace, we all still have a response to how we respond to life's events. Um, my husband had a near fatal accident um, just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It changed his trajectory. That was something that happened to him. He didn't have it didn't happen by choice. But there again, we're both 
still left in the aftermath of, of saying, okay, what do we do next? How do we, how do we respond to this? How do we, how do we walk? How do we make decisions when there's, when what we thought our life was going to be, my husband had just retired. So that's another story. Uh, retired from his teaching job and, and was hurt on that hurt on the job from, um, a profession that he was hoping to do until he could fully retire. Mm-hmm. Um, so life will always send us curveballs, whether it's an unexpected death or whatever. And we have to, we have to be kind and gentle to ourselves in a way that does not, um, revolve around shame and guilt. So for myself, I had to say, um, I've got to figure this out. And I also have to take responsibility of what's mine to own, but then also be gentle with myself and know what I need for this season in order for me to be healthy. And I think that's just a continual question that women especially need to ask themselves is, what do I need in this season for me to be um, healthy? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that is going to be different depending on the circumstances, depending on where our growth is. And I think that's part of the lie of the picture perfect image, or even the, like I said, the Christian formula, you do X, Y, Z, and this is how your life is supposed to turn out. Um, I think it's really a reality that life is messy. We do live in a world of death, mourning, crying, and pain. That's what revelation says. We don't live in a world that is, um, that is heavenward, that is full of joy all the time. Uh, Mm -hmm. We live in a fallen world. There's going to be hardships. And I think the more that we can, be honest with ourselves and others about, well, what else do you really expect? Um, it's really about navigating the, the life that is not the storybook image rather than looking for the formula for the picture perfect life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just recapping everything you said, uh, cause it is a great tip to, to pinpoint those things that are bringing you down that you can't control like your your husband dealing with um, the you know it's like right when you're getting ready to retire and now this takes place uh, you know problems are okay they're they're going to be there like you said in Revelations it, it says that and life sends us curveballs but they are part of human existence it, mm-hmm. if you want to be able to move on and fix your life then you need to um, only focus on the problems that you that can be solved. And some of that is literally writing a list. And when I'm coaching people and say, okay, let's, let's list them out. It's like, I don't have time to make a list about, you know, it's like, I I'm already, I already am under all this pressure. I can't, I can't take the time to sit down and think this through, but writing it down, you'll be able to get a, a good look at the messy part of your life. And sometimes when you see the problems on paper, you know, written down in our own words, silly things like, you know, my boyfriend keeps cheating on me or I'm I'm way over budget every month or my coworker doesn't like me. You know, those those might be silly things when you see it in writing, but you can go, okay, like you said, I can only control my behavior. I can't control it if I feel like my coworker is rolling their eyes at me or you know, my boyfriend's doing this. So what are you going to do about it? If if you're just nagging them about their behavior, at some point you have to figure out maybe God is letting you know that you need to be out of this relationship. So you you write it down 
And then you can go, oh, this part I can't control, but this part I can. And I think that's a huge for people. I was just walking um, with a friend the other day that was sharing um, something about her, what her husband was doing, and he's not fixing the house. He's not putting the stone around the fireplace that he said he was going to do. And finally, I said, exactly what we're talking about. You know, write this down because this has been an ongoing problem. Uh, so you either have to figure out I can pay to get this done, or I can keep complaining that my husband doesn't do it. And, or maybe I am okay with not having the rock around the fireplace, but how much energy is it sucking out of you that you keep it and it's affecting your relationship? But you keep saying it and you keep looping the same thing over and over again without writing it down to go, oh, yeah, I really do struggle right here with this. And it's taking up way too much of my energy to think about it. Uh, Brenda, we only have a few minutes here. What um, what would be like a great tip? We have this this messy life. And now we've given a few tips of writing it down, understanding that this is earth. It's not heaven. Uh, we we have to stop creating problems we can't fix. Uh, what were the other ones? Oh, we said the expectations. So what would be some other steps? And I, I'm just going to pause there. Uh, the, this morning when I knew you were going to be on the show, Brenda, I went into my closet because I'm getting ready to pack to go to California for a fun vacation. And it's just messy because I keep pulling things out to figure out what I need. And I realize I my closet is a mess. <laughs> so I have to just name it, claim it, tame it, reframe it. I have to do something here to to get my my life in order and then it made me laugh because it's no different than our life right mm -hmm. it all of a sudden gets messy and then now we have to reorganize reinvent you said the word reset so what what is a great tip there for us i think the bottom line is knowing what you need and to ask yourself that question what do i need um just like your friend you you gave a great option for her which is can you live with the with the stone not being done around the fireplace for every, for every one of us, whether it's something really tragic, like your husband cheating on you, or um, just time management, or that you realize, you know, your life feels just out of control, or your emotions feel out of control, is whatever it is, just to stop and to even write it down, as you said, what do I need? Um, well, and then answer that question, and then figure out what do I need to do to get those needs met? Because all human behavior is really driven by our basic human needs. Um, if anyone's familiar with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of human needs, um, it's really as, as, as basic as getting our needs met. And um, just a simple example, when I was, when at one particular time when I had just started teaching after work, after being home full time for years, I had a meltdown in my kitchen because I was just overwhelmed. And my husband just stood there and he's like, uh, oh, how can I help? And I was like, how can you help? How can you help? Okay, well, man, if you would sweep, if you would sweep the downstairs floors every oh, day, that Bridget, would help. I'm so sorry. We have to No, that's okay. Finish here, but thank you so much for being a part of the show. iTunes or toginet.com. 